And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Alright, we are back. It is the Weighing In Podcast with the man, the myth, the legend. That's right, Josh, the real punk Thompson. I'm not talking about you, Podcast Dave. You're a nobody. <laughs> but we are here to talk about all the fights coming up. But we got a ton of fights coming up this weekend. A little bit of news to talk about. All kinds of good things. How you feeling there, my man? You ready to fly? A little bit of news. Yeah, I got to <laughs> leave here in about a couple hours. So we're filming this right now at 4 I say at yeah, 4 a.m. So yeah. you guys can get a show before we hop on the flights and uh, head out to Bellator this weekend in St. Louis, Missouri, man. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this weekend. I mean, you got Eagle FC, you got the UFC, you even got a... Uh, one FC. One FC, you got a PFL, PFL Challenger. You got, a, you got a Bellator, you got... You Holy got, Christ. If you guys, if you guys can't find a fight to watch that you really want to watch... You're just not looking hard enough. I mean, I really just click on the internet. It's there. It's ready for you guys. Um, but you guys saw how how uh, Big John introduced this show, and you guys always give me a hard time about giving podcasts Dave a hard time. Here's the thing, guys. If Big John's doing it, I must be. There's on the a right reason. Path. I must be on the right. Mister Innocent Podcast they, Dave over they, there is see, not they're, so they're, innocent. They're not here for the beginning before uh, we started all that shit this man uh, talks, right? Oh, jeez. God jeez. damn. He's on fire. He's got you <laughs> all fooled, man. He's got you <laughs> all fooled, Mr. Sympathy. Come on here, Mr. Podcast, for. Dave. How you feeling, I just, baby? I just came on and hit record, and, you know, you guys just let loose. Just, what, just attack you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, did nothing. What's it like I, to be so innocent? I know, this, I know. It, this is a, uh, what do you call it, a chaotic work environment or whatever you call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, perhaps we should put you in your little safe space. We'll put you over there in the corner. <laughs> Let's see. All right, well, hey, go to wayneinpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. It's available now. And uh, we have uh, readjusted the prices after that first March. So you guys check it out. We've got maroon, black, Gray, Heather Gray, Big John's got a hoodie on right now. Yeah, baby. There is a right. crew neck sweater out there as well. Uh, Podcast Dave loves them. We've got long sleeve shirts, short sleeve shirts in all different colors, and uh, even a coffee mug. So you guys check it out. Take a picture, take a picture of yourself uh, either wearing it or using the coffee mug or whatever, and we would love to repost, retweet. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. John, we have a lot of fight cards to talk about. We've got a lot of fights to talk Ooh. about. Now, look, guys, we're going to cherry pick a little bit of the ones that we obviously oh, we would love to, to talk more. Yeah, I'm just trying to put it nicely. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, this is one of those situations where there's so many cards, so many good fights that uh, you know we want to talk about the ones that obviously a lot of people are talking about and the buzz is about. So um, let's get into it, man. Let's go right into Eagle FC first. You've got Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez. I, I got to be honest. I'm pumped for this fight. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see. I mean, like when it first was announced, I was like, ah, I don't know, John. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, it was the same way. But now that it's here, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm like Diego. I follow him on social media. He seems like he's been working pretty hard. Like there was a lot of things going on with him emotionally, and you know, after he left the U or after the UFC, and him split. You know, Kevin Lee. I mean, he's just been an up and down roller coaster. There, no one's ever denied his talent, his ability. I mean, I've said on this show, I don't know how many times, countless times, how damn good he could be and how damn good I've seen him be. You know, it's just a matter of which Kevin Lee is going to show up. 
We're going to find out, like, which one. Because he needs to show up. He, even oh, if it's yeah. not 100%, he still needs to be at 80%, I think, to beat Diego. Because Diego's going to grind on him. Diego's going to push that pace. Diego's going to get in his grill, take some shots to deliver a shot. And I, it's, it's just going to happen. This is at 165. So neither one of them really should have to cut a lot of weight. Neither one of them are in that mix of where, they, where they've always wanted to be because no other organization offers that 165-pound weight class. This should be the reason we see the best from either one. This should be the reason. You know what? I feel the same way you do because when it was first announced, I'm like, ah, man, don't do that to Diego because he's getting older. Speed-wise, there's a big speed difference here in this fight. But there are advantages that Diego does have when it comes to the wrestling. You know, look, Kevin Lee's a good wrestler, and Diego's a good wrestler. They kind of cancel each other out a little bit there. But Diego is definitely the grinder. Kevin is the guy, if you're going to say, who's going to get tired in this fight? It's Kevin Lee. He's the guy that if he's not in control of the pace of this fight, Diego can push him to the point of things can start to go bad for him because Diego's got that kind of gas tank. Diego can just go and go and push and push and not stop. He's got that mentality. He is tough as nails. So I look at this and it's, you know, I do think that Kevin has the advantage. The youth, the speed, you know, the stand-up, I I give the advantage to Kevin Lee. But it's not that Diego can't win this fight. He can definitely win the fight. He just needs to pull it into his world. He needs to pull it into the, oh, we're going to make this nasty. We're going to make this a grinding hard. You're going to have to work every step of the way fight. And he can get the win. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I will be watching. I'm looking forward to the fight. I think it's a good one. It's a good matchup. You know, again, it's. I I I know I was saying you know oh that's a bad fight for Diego. Speed wise, it is, but he can win. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt. Diego's fought guys that have way better stand up than Kevin Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're having this conversation, like, Diego can win this fight. He can win this oh, fight, yeah. but putting Kevin Lee on his back foot and making Kevin Lee even more tired, even faster, by making him fight going backwards. If he makes him, if he makes him stay within that black line in the fence and he wow. continues to have to pressure. move and move and move, Kevin Lee will start to feel that pressure, and his, his uh, cardio meter is just going to start ticking away. It's just going to start going down and depleting every step he takes. It's yep. going to happen to him. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at you. You got someone, <laughs> someone is giving uh, you the alarm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it just, it really comes down to Diego. You know, Diego, he just doesn't, he just fights careless. That's the way he fights. He fights reckless. He comes forward, but he, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing, not one bad thing I can say in terms of he's going to push him. He's going to take shots to give shots. He's going to try to wrestle a little bit. He's going to try to keep it on the feet as well as mix it up. Kevin Lee is still trying to figure out. I feel this, John. He's still trying to figure out who he is. He doesn't know if yeah. he's a wrestler. He doesn't know if he's a stand-up guy. He doesn't know if he's got if he's a submission guy. He has submissions on his records. He's got knockouts on his records. He's got finishes like, you know, he's got all these things. But he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he doesn't he can't pinpoint exactly one good thing he's good at. He's good at a lot of things, but he he doesn't fight smart. He's the guy that will keep it on the feet when he should get the fight to the ground. He's the guy that will take the fight to the ground when he should keep it on the feet. I, I don't understand. Like he just needs to work on his fight IQ. His talent is there. You don't need to be the best at anything. You've got to be good at everything, and he is. He just hasn't figured out how to fight 
the proper way against whoever they put in front of him. And I think yeah. Diego is going to force him to fight in a way he may not be comfortable. And that's why I'm saying Diego's got a pretty damn good chance. Now, Kevin Lee, he's got it as well, like you said. He's got the knockout power. He's got some punchings. He's going to be faster than Diego. Much. He's going to be longer than longer than Diego. Much. Okay. And I think you like, I agree with you in terms of the wrestling will probably cancel itself out. Um, but when it comes to the submission, Diego's got the better jiu-jitsu. No doubt. I think Kevin Lee's going to be stronger. So him getting to those positions, Diego's going to have to catch him in transition, yeah. especially early in the fight, whereas Kevin Lee's going to be harder for him to get taken down. It's going to be harder for him to uh, to get the positions he wants because Kevin Lee's going to be stronger. He's going to probably try to muscle him over, which is going to use a lot of energy. There's a lot of different ways this fight can go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sitting here going, man, this is this Diego can win this way. Oh, wait, Kevin Lee can win this way. Uh, it's This is what makes this a good fight. Yep, it is. It's... So, Nope, scroll on down. Okay, let's talk about another fight on this card. I'm going to go past his on Kudalev against Anthony Hamilton. I think not that I, I know that's for a belt, too. And look, Kudalev is just, he's just a better fighter. Um, just a better fighter overall. I, I've been around Anthony. He's a good wrestler, tough dude. Not fast enough for Kudalev, so I'm just going to go past it. But the one you know, Anthony Hamilton, you know Anthony Hamilton from the one submission that uh, the one submission that Francis Ngannou has. has, man, that was against Anthony Hamilton. The fight I I did, it was like, ooh, wrestler against striker, and this is going to be good, man. This is a guy that's got all that power. What the hell is he doing? He, he <laughs> just got a Kimura. Okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> but, that's so Ray funny. Borg versus Ricky Bandejas. That's a good yes. fight. That's a yep. really good fight. Ray Borg coming off a great win, really looking good. We know how good he is everywhere. You know, he's a he's just a dog, man. He got a good gas tank. Ricky Bandejas, he's that up and down fighter, man. He can be unbelievable at times. And he can be very disappointing when he's put on his back foot and he doesn't throw. Yeah. So, if Ray Borg has been watching tape or if he's listening to this podcast, Ray, put him on his back foot. Make it to where he's feeling pressure and his offense will slow down. If you allow him to get going, he's trouble. Yeah, Ray's going to have a little bit of a hard time, I think, with the reach. But it doesn't mean shit if the reach is too long and you don't, and the guy's not throwing. So I've said this to Ricky, I don't know how many times, and... You guys say that like sometimes when I say things like this, it's, oh, I'm being an asshole, I'm being a hater, I'm being a biased guy. But here's the thing, though. With everything I'm telling you guys right now, I've told Ricky Bendejas, you need to throw punches, you need to keep your chin down, your hands up, you need yep. to, back, you need to, when you do back away, circle, don't just back straight to the fence to be taken down. These are all things that I've sat in front of him and told yeah. him to his face. You've got to understand, he is a super talented fighter. He's got good kicks, he's got great, he's got good hands in terms of speed. He keeps his chin a little high. He backs himself up to the fence and allows himself to be taken down. Or not allows himself to be taken down, I should say. But he allows for them Puts to enter in. Puts himself in a position. To be taken down. Yeah. Exactly. And so he has, I think he's going to be the faster fighter. He's going to be obviously the longer fighter. He's pretty tall for the for the weight class. Um, he's just got to believe in himself. That's all he's got to do. Believe in what he can do. Remember, he's the guy that uh, knocked out uh, James, James Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher. So he'll be able to put him away. I mean, and, and everyone can say what they want about James. James is a tough kid. This this kid just kind of walked him down, was very patient with him, hit him with some nice shots, hit him with a beautiful sidekick. Oh. You know, and then Ricky then Ricky went through a run of bad luck in terms of just not fighting the not fighting to his abilities. And that's what led him into, you know, being uh released from Bellator. But he's a talented fighter. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a man blessed with four uh, young daughters. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, yeah, you've got dogs. They're all girls. <laughs> I said, man, what are you doing to yourself? So um, he made the move down to American Top Team. I think that's what, what some of the, the transition phase when he left New Jersey, went down to American Top Team. It's always hard to go to a new camp, fall into a rhythm. Sure, it feels good to be there, but you're redesigning. You're kind of redesigning the way you fight. You're kind of making some changes. There's a lot on your mind, you know, whether it's family, whether it's a team, whether it's your game plan. So hopefully we're going to start to see that start to come together for him and uh, get him a couple wins. This fight's going to be a good fight. I think this fight's a sleeper fight for this card. Yeah, no, it's a good fight overall. A couple other ones that are on there you have. uh, uh, Let's talk about... Magomedliev against uh-huh. Impa. Impa Kensangne. The guy that everyone Sangine. knows from the uh, Joaquin Buckley unbelievable jumping, spinning, he's holding my leg knockout. Man. Just, uh, <laughs> he's always going to be That's something I really want to be remembered for. I know. He's always, and, you know, he's always going to be remembered for that. But he's actually a, he's a good fighter. He's tough as hell. And this is actually speaking a good of, matchup. Speaking of spinning Back fist, knockouts, and things like that. Yeah, I've, I've had one on my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I've got one. I've got yeah. one. You know, somehow, just, somehow those things, well, somehow those things never go away. Oh man, it's uh, so funny. I love when people when I when I post a Nate Diaz thing, right? And someone's like, "Man, that was like seven years ago." But then they post a video of me and Eves. I'm like, uh, yeah, "That was like 15 born? years ago." Were you even born when this happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 15. It was almost. Tw- it's actually 20. 2000. 20 years what, now. 2001. Yes, yeah, 2001 or 2002, the early 2002. 20, I think it was 2001. 21 though. years, damn. I know, it's 21 you years. You old like, some bitch. I am, I am. <laughs> so Eve's just reached out to me also, too. So there's a lot of fights this weekend. They're going to be doing like a kind of like a fight companion online or something like that to watch fights this weekend. I was like, nah, I got I got shows and shows and shows to talk about. Shows so, and shows. But he's a good guy, man. He's a good guy. Oh, We've talked several guy. times. We did a recap on my on my fight with him um, for one of his shows that he was working on. So, all right, sorry to interrupt. But uh, Impa Kasangana. Kasangane. Uh, Kasangane. Like yeah, Kasangane. Okay. And then uh, anybody with the name Magomed in, the, in their name. <laughs> if you were to offer me a fight with a guy named Magomed, I'm like, nah. Nah. Nah, I'm not I'll, do I'll that. pass. You know what? My knees kind of bother me. I gotta just take a little time off. As soon as that guy's booked, okay, I'm ready to go. Hard pass. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, it was tough though, man. You guys, you guys gotta remember that fight. That was a good fight up until that moment. Yeah. You know, up until that moment where Joaquin Buckley hit him with that spinning back kick to the face. I mean, it was a good fight. They were going back and forth. I had Buckley kind of winning the fight in some of the exchanges because he was the faster fighter, uh, but he wasn't the bigger fighter. Um, I wouldn't even say he had more power. I would just say that he had the speed and the ability to get to, to land that that shot. Cool. It was it was a good fight. Yeah. Um, in terms of Magomed Aliyev or whatever, like he's just gonna go out there and continue to just do what he do. Put input on his back foot. Try to get this fight to the ground. Throw your combinations. Press to the fence. All those things to try to mix it up. But I think the the thing with the 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 Dagestani fighters or the Magomed fighters, I should say, or the Nurmagomedov fighters. Yeah, the the Magomed and the Nurmagomedov, you know, fighters. Is that they can all they can all fight. 
you know, they can all fight. They can take they can, they can take the fight anywhere. And that's the that's the situation with a lot of them that some of these other fighters just haven't quite wrapped their head around yet, John. Is that they just really believe that they can just live off their ability to stop one takedown or two takedowns and then just keep it on the feet and knock people out. And we just saw with Mazadal. Mazadal's been in this sport for I don't know how long. And everyone knows you guys. I've said it for the last couple of weeks. Mazadal's my boy, man. I got a lot of love for him and respect just because he's been in the game for so long, still doing his thing. But at the end of the day, like he's st- he's got good takedown defense, but not good enough to be the champ. You know, he's got good boxing. You know, and he's had great success when he fought guys like Darren Till and things like that at, at a weight class of above when everyone was hyped around Darren Till. He has all of the attributes to be a champion, but when it comes down to it, you, it's he's still kind of a little bit one dimensional. He's not. There's never a threat of him taking you down. If there is, there's not really a threat of him submitting you, even though he's good in all those areas. You've got to implement those those things in the fights so people respect you more and and worried about you being threatened that way. Impa is one of those guys. He's going to try to just keep this thing sprawling, brawl, and keep it on the feet. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I don't know. Could be a tough one. Uh, there's yeah. a couple of names on here. You know, a lot of people have heard, and I don't know if they remember, but you know, Daryl Horcher, you know, fighting, fought for the UFC, fought for the PFL. He's a tough dude. Good taking on Ahmed Aliyev. He's this is a uh, tough fight. Aliyev can be he can be touched though, and and Horcher's got power in his hands, so it could be a, ma- a good matchup. You got Noshan or Nashan Burrell. Uh, mm-hmm. He's taking on an, another guy from Dagestan. Tough, tough dude. Uh, Alaskarov, that's a tough fight. That's a tough one. Alaskarov is good. He, this guy gets into you, and if he gets if he gets into Noshan and he uh, takes him off of his feet, there will be problems. But, you know, Burrell's guy, he's had some good fights. You know, he had a fight against um, Michael Page long ago where a lot of people, you know, said, hey, you know, He's going to get killed. And no, he, I think it went the distance and he kept mm-hmm. it on the feet and he was able to stay with uh, uh, Paige for a while. So he's a good fighter. He's tough. And then you got Ronnie Marks versus Reggie Pena. I, I don't even know who Reggie is. Uh, Ronnie's coming off of um, his loss, but it's like he is, he's another one of those guys. He's good on the feet, he's good on the ground. But he's he's also someone that I believe he used to fight at 185, right? Now he's he at did. light heavyweight, but then he's fought at heavyweight a bunch of times. 205, then heavyweight. Then heavyweight. If he's fighting at light heavyweight, is he cutting the weight and then fighting, or is he dieting down and nutritioning down to 205? That's gonna. That's I think to me that's what's gonna make the difference in this fight. If he's someone that when he is, when he takes care of his body and he takes care of himself, he's a dangerous fighter. When he just puts the weight on with reckless abandonment and then just goes out there and just, I mean, like, I mean, I've seen him. He has looked thick. I mean, like. Oh, real thick. Yeah. When we say thick boy, like, you know, like Brennan Schaub likes to throw around. Like, I mean, this kid is thick. He's what, like maybe six one, six foot six one. But his legs are enormous. His tree tree trunk legs, his waistline, all those things. I'm like, damn. Yeah, no thanks, man. I'm not trying to get smashed by you on. Jeez. But he's he's got good submissions. He's got he's got good top what? pressure. He's got good ground and pound. He's not bad on the feet. He's got to work on it a little bit more. But he's still he's not bad. Um, but what he does lack is conditioning. When you put that amount of weight on, your conditioning suffers because your body's not used to carrying that much muscle or that much body, that much weight, you yep. know. And so we're gonna see. Hopefully, we see a, a better Ronnie Marks than we saw last time in the Bellator cage. All right, let's talk about the next fight card. But Eagle FC should be good. Yeah, it should be. Got some good ones. 
Let, Dave, we'll go back to Eagle FC real quick. What day, what's the do, the time and day? It's on Friday. Um, the time is not on here, but okay. you know they're they're all on Friday. I mean, these, yeah, they're the, all Friday. But I was just wondering if there's a time because of the time change. Are they starting it earlier? Are they starting it later? Maybe that's something you could try to look up and find out while we're talking. about I think it's uh, six p.m. Eastern. Six p.m. Eastern, so three o'clock yeah. here on the West Coast. Yep. Is that the? That's just the prelim start, or is that the main card? You know, I can't tell yeah. you. It said it said <clears throat> six p.m. Eastern. I know. <clears throat> All righty, all righty. Let's get into this next card while right. while Dave dinks around. <laughs> all right, so look, I don't know anything about Than Lee. Uh, I know a lot about Gary Tonin, but in terms of you're telling me, obviously, this is a, this is like a throwback fight to UFC one, jujitsu versus Damn kickboxing. Man. That's yes. it. That's this is what you're gonna get. Yeah. It's so funny. We were, you guys off air. John goes. This is not even really a fight. Like if Gary once Gary Tony gets his fight to the ground, it's over. I said, yeah, but if Gary Tony can't get him to the ground, Fan Lee's gonna knock him out, right? So it's over. So that's yep. what makes these fights exciting, John, because <laughs> Gary Tony's got no stand up, and he doesn't claim to have any stand up, you know. And Fan Lee is apparently he's good on his, really good he's on the feet. Good on the feet. He's just, I mean, ground game wise, it's not even close. It's this is a main event title fight. So John. far apart. I know it is. Yeah, oh, Gary Tony could I be thought, the lightweight champion in one FC. I thought that was uh uh what's his name? Uh Lee. What was his No, Chris Christian lost Christian to Lee. um yeah, he lost to um God damn it. I'm trying to think who he lost Boy to. He Long? lost to Oh no 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 no. no you know who no. he lost Coke, to? Coke. He, he lost Coke. to Oak. Oak. Yeah. Yeah. He lost to Oak, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it wasn't. I guess you know that that is their one fifty five. So yeah, I don't know what. I don't know. What I, it, I think I don't it's because of their weight class. That's, I think yeah. that's what they're having a hard time with their weight class. Like guys can come in and say one seventy, but the, that's their lightweight division or something like that. So I don't know how they're doing it. But this yeah, is for the Oak lightweight is title. Huge. So maybe they had a problem with maybe they maybe they had a problem with. Um, with Oak in terms of contract signing, Maybe. I don't know, unless it's a different weight class. Anyways, uh, but overall, this is a style of contrast. You've got Gary Tona, who's a top-level jiu-jitsu oh. guy around the world, and you got Than Lee, who is apparently a very good kickboxer. John has seen him fight. Um, you have a style of contrast. is One guy's going to grapple, one guy's going to uh, keep it on the feet or try to keep it on the feet, and they're going to throw down. So well, we're going to yes, see. Yes, they are. And the fight that everybody should be waiting for, the fight that everyone should be excited for, is finally going to happen. It is a title fight. Bibiano is going to be fighting John Lineker. This was supposed to happen from before, but something happened the week of the fight. Um, I think Bibiano had to pull out, whether it's for COVID or whether it was for injury, whether no, it was Lineker, whatever. I think it was Lineker. Oh, was it Lineker? Wasn't it Lineker? I don't think so. I think it was Bibiano. I think okay. something happened. All right, so... um. But either way, the fight was postponed, and here we are now. It's fight weekend, and uh, this is a fight that I think everyone's been waiting for. This is a John, good fight. It is a good fight, but like we talked about a little bit with Diego Sanchez, is that he's a little bit older. Bibiano's been around for a long time. People don't, I don't know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but in no, his he's, heyday, he's holy good. shit, this guy was good. You know, I've had an opportunity to train with him, grapple with him back when I was working for one as a, as a commentator there. This guy is good. Like, he is good on the ground. He's extremely strong. 
for how for his size. Got you great pressure. I see him. Yeah, he's got good top pressure, good heavy pressure. He transitions really well. Um, his hand strength, like his grip strength around the wrist, all those things, he's very good. He's got good punching power. You know, we played a little bit in the touching in the games, and like you know, play. And I'm glad he didn't hit me hard. But uh, he was. Uh, he's got some power, man. He's got some pop. Now you were saying that. You know, obviously on the feet, he's gonna have a little bit of a harder time with Lineker because Lineker is he's explosive. He's got big power. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really think that on the feet, look, Bibiano <clears throat> has never uh, been a guy that that tries to keep the fight on the feet. He always uses his stand up to get into a position where he can get the fight to the ground, and he dominates people on the ground. He beats them up on the ground. He's got great ground and pound. He's got great positional jujitsu. He's got great submissions. He's just good. You know, I just not sure that he can handle, especially when I look at Lineker fighting in one. It's like the perfect matchup because he doesn't have to be in that. You know, he's not dropping that weight like he used to, and that used to just kill him. And he's been looking really good in one. He's his power is there. Uh, he's he's got you know he's got bombs in his hands for. You, dogs, you don't, dogs, don't try and dog, change the name. Okay? He's got, okay, he's got dogs it. in his hands. But <laughs> you, you, well, and, and this is, you don't find a whole lot of guys at the lighter weights that have that one punch knockout power. Lineker has it. You know, it, you'll get guys that can, they can get the knockout and they can do it with multiples, but they can't just start someone. Lineker can start you. He's yeah. got that kind of power. And so, you know, Bibiano being a little bit older, a little bit, you know, Slower, this is a tough fight. He's he needs to really work hard, get and get into Lineker, take him out of that range where he's dangerous, put him on his back if he can. I do think that uh Bibiano's ground game is uh, a little bit better than <clears throat> Lineker's and stuff. So but it's a fun fight. This should be this should actually be a really interesting and good fight to watch. Yeah, I'm excited for this fight. I've been looking forward to this fight. I'm surprised it's not the main event, just to be honest, though, John. So am I. Comparatively, but, if you, well, but it, the one's for a title, so what are you going to do? I understand. Yeah, they're both that. for a title, though. They're both for a title. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah they're both for a title. Yeah, it should, it should be. It should it be should a be main the bigger event. names. The bigger names to me is Bibiano it, and Lineker. But it's all, but, okay, but it's, it, they always put the, the heavier the weight guys. into the main. Yeah, I know. It's so, it's such a whatever. shame. Such a shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I know I've been getting screwed like that for years. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, no, but overall, do they always, is it always, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, close, pretty consistent. Yeah. I don't know if it's always yeah, it's but, pretty consistent. Yeah. Well, let's give you like an example would be like last week, right? Um, the UFC card, you have Greg Hardy on that card. You and I brought that up. Greg Hardy was on that card against uh, Spivak. Spivak. And then, and then you had a really good where the the female fight on the undercard was really good. There was one other card fight on the undercard that was really good. Those two fights could have been bumped up with name value. Remember, the female fight was two top five contenders. Oh, I know, Rina Rodriguez that's a, against that Zhao Nan Yan. Yeah, like that. That to me was like that was if I was those two females, knowing that like. I mean, Marina Rodriguez is talking like knocking on the door for a title shot. Oh yeah, and you have her on the you have her on the prelims. That's that sucked. I felt bad for the two of them because both of them are extremely talented. Um, and, and you guys can say whatever you guys want um, about me and what I'm saying. I go, but the bottom line is, is I'm always going to be prejudiced against heavyweights because I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. Oh, man. 
All right. Uh, look, the PFL also has a challenger series. Uh, we're just going to touch on uh, one or two of the fights that we're actually excited <laughs> about in, in, in this card. And um, John, go ahead. Look at you know the the main the main event is a featherweight battle between Mike Barnett and and okay. Exxon. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. But it's a challenger. It's a challenger series. Let's. I want to preface that it's a challenger yeah. series. Not, this is not their pay per view model. This is not their, you know, um, ESPN Plus model. So this is, this is what this is where they're trying to build their this young is, talent. Yeah. Well, and it's it's people trying to actually. You know, I I call it the it's the audition. These guys are trying to get into the PFL. They're trying to actually mm -hmm. make the PFL want to have them on their uh, cards and stuff. So it's 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 understandable of where you know. Mm -hmm. who's on the cards and why and what they're doing. But I, I know that I've watched Exxon out of uh, EFC. He's been fighting there. He, he's good. You know, he's got good submissions, really good submissions. Um, Stand-up wise, yeah, okay. But uh, it should actually be, uh, I've watched Mike Barnett fight many times. He's got a lot of power in his hands. But uh, on the ground, he's going to be in trouble. On the feet, I think he'll do well. So, it's, mm -hmm. it's, again, comes down to the the style who's who's gonna who's gonna be the guy that can put the fight where they want it scrolling down on this uh dave who else is on this card boston salmon that's the guy that's on this card i like boston salmon do you i do he's he's fun to watch he's explosive uh he can be touched though so <laughs> it's uh, he's one of one of those ones but he uh He's a good fighter, and, and I don't blame uh, the PFL for looking at him. He's going against Lee, who I don't know, yeah. but uh, I, I like Boston so, Salmon. He's been you know, Boston was in the UFC for a short stint. Um, he's good. All right. Well, the the other kid, the the kid that I want to say that I've always been high on, I was actually kind of uh, upset when Bellator didn't sign him. I met this young man at um, the Bellator tryouts in Hawaii. He flew himself, him and his buddy flew themselves from Alaska down to the tryouts in Hawaii. And his uh, Scotty Stockman. So he trained. And then after that tryout, I said, I, I told him, I was like, hey, I really like you. I'm really going to make a push, you know, for you to get signed. You know, we tried in terms of like it. I tried good with, job with Rich, good job with you Rich did well Josh, obviously yeah i did really well you got a lot you got now, a lot of push don't you? <laughs> i know i know this people keep hitting me up going hey man and i'm like look you know we've made a couple push and they've gotten signed and we've made a couple pushes yeah. and they're like look we just need more experience in that weight class because you know the guys that we have there have been with us for a long time and they're gonna have to fight those guys right away so at the time scotty was at 145 and you got to think, you had Patricio, Emmanuel Sanchez, Henry Corrales, I mean, Daniel Weichel. I mean, like, you had all these guys, Daniel Strauss, all those guys at 145. And, and I'm over here saying, hey, let's sign this young kid. And they're like, yeah, our division stack right now. It was right around the time we did the 145 yeah. pound tournament. Like, yeah. Now he fights at 155. Really? Oh, sorry. He's, no, he's at featherweight They're still. at 145, so, yeah. Because when I was talking with the – because he's at – now what happened after that tryout, he ended up – coming home to he went back home to alaska and then he flew directly to milwaukee so now he trains with stotts and uh and pettis and uh emmanuel sanchez now he's been there since those tryouts like huh. probably like a couple weeks after and he's just gotten a lot better he's a he was a wrestler but at that tryout 
I got to toot his horn a little bit, man. This kid was only, you know, 155 pounds. Not a small guy. Or not, a, not a big guy, I mean. But he was wrecking everybody. He was wrecking everyone. We, we broke him up in kind of the weight classes. We thought they, you know, uh, you know, and they went from 145 to 170. So he was going against everyone. He he stayed in when I did the rotation, like the rotate train, where, you know, you stay in if you keep winning. Yep. Keep and you winning, switch top and bottom. He just kept staying in, kept staying in, kept staying in. I was like... For an hour straight, I had these guys go, and he never got tired. He kept staying in. He was jacking people up. I mean, I was very impressed, very impressed. And so I just want to toot his horn, man. I want to wish him the best of luck, man. He's 3-1. and one. Uh, I don't know the guy he's fighting, Zercher. But, uh, yeah, look, it's and Zercher's 2-0. and oh. He's a young, talented fighter. He's, he's got a he, uh, very quiet, very humble speaks well when you talk to him uh he's a good looking kid and um you know he's pretty well built he's got good wrestling he's got good submissions you know i haven't seen him stand up a whole lot we just saw a couple of the drills that he did at the bellator thing but i mean every time i talk to duke rufus about him he's like he's gotten a lot better since he's come in terms of putting everything together and i'm like how could he not you're in there with pettis both pettises you know he's in there with you know Emmanuel sanchez and all the other guys that were out of their stats i mean and when i talked to stats about it i was like man he's tough He's a tough kid. He's a real good kid, too. So I want to wish him the best of luck, man. I just want to let him know I didn't forget about him at the at the tryouts. But good luck. Good luck, young man. All right. Good uh, luck, next young card. man. I'm the, I'm the guy that tried to get you in. Could I do tried, a damn man. thing for you. I know. I tried, man. It's so funny. If you ask Rich Chow, every time I would see his name come up in some sort of fight card or whatever it was, and I saw a highlight video because I started following him on social media, I'd just send a, a short clip of it to, to Rich. Hey, remember this kid? He's like, yes, Josh, I remember yeah. this kid. You keep sending me the videos of him every time he fights and wins. I'm like, well, sign him. We tried the same thing with um, one of the other Russian uh, oh, lightweight I've, guys. I've, yeah, I've yeah. done it, I've done it with not. so many of them, man. It's yeah. like... Coker gets tired of me sending him uh, tweets. This is the this guy's text. good. Get him. <laughs> like, but, you hey, know, with you a young guy like with a young guy like Scotty, right? He's he's a, it's a project. It's somebody that, you know you got to take time to build. And in that division, like there's no projects in that division because you have so many top guys in that division. We're about to speak about two of them. You've got Adam yeah. Boric versus Mads Burnell at 145. Both these guys are studs, man. Both of them are ranked number two, which is the most the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Well, they're they're both number two. Somebody sent me a thing talking tra talking trash to me, going, "How could they possibly both rank number two? And so then I sent him a clip or a, a screenshot of two of the Conor McGregor and somebody else being ranked number nine. Number nine. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how, this, know how this could ever happen. This would never happen anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, but no, but just really just it, it, what you guys. If you guys don't understand, like for us, I don't know about the UFC is on how they do their rankings. But we submit, we basically, at the we end don't of every do weekend, anything. yeah, we don't do anything. Bellator submits the fight card of, that happened. They watched it. They're supposed to have watched it. And then the rankings come back every Monday. And so you get a new, and it's all done by the media. It's not done by any of us. It's not done by anyone that works for Bellator. It's done by just the media. The media puts together a, you know, a compilation like of who they think should be in the top 10. That being said, there should be a tiebreaker. I don't care which organization you're in. There should be a tiebreaker. You shouldn't have two guys ranked number two 
and the UFC shouldn't have two guys ranked at number nine, and no other organization have two guys ranked. Just say, hey, whoever has the more fights or the more submissions. Let's say the first thing is who has the most finishes. There, there's your tiebreaker. The odds of that being tied are pretty slim. You know what I mean? And then go from there saying, okay, who had something else? I don't even know. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. But, like, who has the most submission or who has the most finishes? That that should be the tiebreaker. And then maybe make up one more just in case it, that ties also, which would be very rare. But for some reason, they haven't done that yet, and we are stuck now with two number twos. That's okay. We're going to find out which one belongs at number two and which one belongs at another number. number. Three. Yeah, and another number. <laughs> but, um, okay, so when we talked about the Than Lee fight and the Gary Tono fight, I look at it very similar to this fight, just at very a higher similar. level. Yep. Just at a, a higher level um, in terms of, like, Adam Borch, I haven't seen Than Lee fight. Maybe his stand is better than Adam Borch. Okay. It's good. And I, and what's that? It's good. It's good. And then yeah, Mads Brunel, I've grappled and rolled with him and, and trained with him, and he's he's strong. Everyone at um, Couture's talks highly of him, and everyone and everyone I know what he's good at in terms of his grappling. Yeah. But this fight will not if if it's Adam Bor if it goes Adam Borch's way, he will not be on the feet. It will not be on the ground. I mean, and only, Mads Brunel goes from his a way. Flying knee. Yeah. And Adam Bort and Mads Brunel, if he wins, this fight will be on the ground. So it's going to come down to whoever can implement their game plan the best, which is normally how fights work out, by the way. But this is where they have to implement their game plan to be in the position to win the fight, period. On the bottom, Adam Bort is not going to submit Mads Brunel. Very rarely. It would be, be, I doubt, I very, very doubt. Even if Mads Brunel, he could, Mads Brunel could, in in a weird exchange, Get a knockout. I don't see sure. it happening, but no. it's one of those situations. It's one of those situations. It's the same thing that if, if Boric was to drop Mads and Mads turned his back, he may get a submission that way. That's how I look at Mads maybe getting the knockout against Boric. The thing is, John, when I look at these two, Adam Boric is 5'11", 5'10", 5'11". He's yep. pretty tall for the way yeah. he fights long. He's got good kickboxing. He's got a hell of a chin, and he seems to be pretty strong. Like guys have a hard time taking him down when he does. When they do take him down, he just pops back up. Yep. Except for when he fought Darian Caldwell. Mads Burnell is someone who just grinds on you, hangs on you, gets to your back. Okay, if he doesn't get to your back, he like sits in that half guard position and just tries to elbow you and smash you. And when you try to get an underhook, he goes right to his Japanese necktie and he finishes you from there. That's the way this fight's gonna happen. Well, see, and I, I look at Mads Burnell differently because if you watch Mads Burnell on the ground. He doesn't sit. He doesn't stay in one position. He's always improving his position to another place to put more pressure on you, to create more problems for you. His his ground game is outstanding. Take a look at you know, take a look at what he did with Sal Rogers. Who look at yeah. Sal Rogers is good on the ground, and Sal Rogers <laughs> is the guy that went you know, went with Ryan Hall and just beat Ryan Hall up on the ground where everyone was saying, man, you, 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 you got to keep this fight in the standing position. No, nope, right away. Takes him down and just beats up Ryan Hall. Maz Burnell made Sal Rogers night miserable on the ground mm-hmm. to the point where he finally, you know, got rid of him. Maz Burnell is great at continually putting more and more pressure on the ground. And he's got a, just a vast array of submissions that he goes to. Yes, he loves the Japanese necktie, but he'll let go of it too. He knows when it's there and when it's not. So this is not a guy that I I love when I see a guy who understands 
ah, I'm losing that, and then just goes to another thing. Switches so he doesn't lose position. That's Mads Brunel. He is a smart fighter. Mm-hmm. Adam Borch is a dynamic fighter. The kid's good. He's fun to watch. And he's smart when he's fighting his fight. What we saw when he did lose that one loss, and that was to Darren Caldwell, is right away he made the mistake of trying to get himself back to his feet, giving his back, letting a choke be sunk in, and he couldn't get out of it. And if he makes that kind of mistake against Mads Brunel, I guarantee you he's not going to be number two anymore. He cannot make that mistake again. I'm sure that he's learned from that. I know he's moved on. He's not quite the same fighter that we saw when he was undefeated and he was Mm -hmm. taking all of those risks, though. And he has become much more uh, settled down as far as he doesn't take as many. He doesn't do as many flying knee attempts and things like he did in the past because of the fact that Darian Caldwell got him on that one. So this is a very interesting fight. Both guys are good. They're both good. And either guy can win. It's just a matter of... I do think that Burnell has more opportunities there for him to win as far as, you know, this, I'll say it right, this is Colby Covington versus George Masvidal. It really Ah. is. Maz Burnell is the guy, man, he's like Colby. He gets in there, he's got a gas tank, and he will grind you, and he will get into you, and he will work at getting the takedown, and Adam has got to stop that takedown. Yeah, no, no, Adam does need to stop the takedown, and I do agree with you that he has not looked the same since losing that one fight, and that was three or four fights ago. You know, somewhere maybe even longer than that. Now, when I take the comparison between Mads and I take the comparison with with who Adam Borch has fought, I look at Mike Hamill in terms of the height. I look at Aaron Pico in terms of the height. The wrestling's going to go to Aaron Pico when Aaron Pico was able to take uh, Borch down at will. And then Borch was able to land the flying knee. That was still when he was undefeated. Then I look at Mike Hamill. Mike Hamill was able to take him down. But both of those guys, to me, Mike Hamill maybe doesn't have as good a wrestling as Maz Brunel. It's pretty close. But he's faster on the entrance. Maz Brunel is not a super fast guy. So him getting in is going to be, I think, a little bit more of a difficult time. Excuse me. A little bit more of a difficult time on him getting in there without taking a knee, without taking the uppercut, without taking the push kick up the face. That's going to be harder for him. Aaron Pico, I don't even have to talk about his wrestling. It's just next level. Like him getting takedown after takedown against Adam Bortz was easy work for him. You know, he just caught a knee in the second round in that fight. But he was dominating that fight. Yeah, yeah. So he was, oh, third round? Was it the third round? The beginning of the third round. So he dominated. He took him down at will for two rounds straight. Right. So um, it was a while back, but um, yeah, it was uh, but that that fight, Aaron Pico was dominating that fight. So if Mads can do the same thing, where he continues to take him down, continue to take him down. Now at that time, Aaron Pico didn't have a submission threat. He's developing one now. Yes, he's fun- he's getting a lot better, and he's phenomenal now on the ground. His submission transitions are there. Back then, he didn't have it. Maz Rennell will have that as oh, soon yeah. as the fight hits the ground. He will be searching for submission after submission. And so that's going to also put Adam Borch in a position to be panicked. So this fight, to me, Adam Borch has fought guys like Maz Brunel, but not the full package like Maz yeah. Brunel at exactly. the time in which he fought those guys. So this is going to be a fun fight. Now, Mads, Mads trains with a lot of good guys, you know, and so does, so does Borch. He's at Sanford MMA, and Mads is at uh, uh, Couture's, I believe. Yep. Yeah, Extreme Couture's. So... 
I'm just being honest, man. This to me really makes for a fun fight because their styles contrast and Adam's Adam's got his hands full. He's got his hands full. All right, next fight. <clears throat> You've got Phil, Mr. Wonderful. How is he not? He's so wonderful. He is such a nice guy. He's I can see guy. why they call him Mr. Wonderful. Yep. I can see why he got the nickname. Against Anglickskis. <clears throat> so say I that like again. Say, say that again. Anglickskis. Julius and Julius Anglickskis. <clears throat> It is, um, we used to call him Anglicus, and he was okay with it. And then Moro Ranello one day <laughs> to be changed his name because he asked that is him not exactly the true how pronunciation to say it. in Lithuania. The oh. true pronunciation in Lithuania is Anglickus. I like, love me some Moro. I, I, Moro I, just, I, hate I was right like, now. I hate you right now. <laughs> 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 I love Moro Ranello. But Morrow's one of those guys. John Morrow's a perfectionist when it comes down to his art form. That's why he's so good at what he does. When it comes to his work, when it comes to his work, he's a perfectionist. And oh. I, I love, I love listening to Morrow Ronello call a fight, man. He's absolutely amazing. And so, but he really, that day, I looked at him like, what in the hell did you just do to I'm us? I'm going to punch you <laughs> in the head. Why did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just grab you and just give you the business. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Oh, but uh, this to me, though. If you look at the way that uh, Anglitzkis, because he's just coming off of his loss to Nemkov, because he got he was the alternate for the uh, light heavyweight World Grand Prix in the semifinals, um, in that fight, he lost not just based off of the fact that he got, he got outstruck as the fight went on, but he lost as Nemkov started utilizing his wrestling. Absolutely. Now, what we're gonna find is that Phil Davis, being a national champion and an All American out of Penn State. Chooses not to utilize his wrestling at a lot of times. <laughs> and so, but I believe, I am, I'm a firm believer because I'm a believer in Phil Davis. I'm is that he will utilize his wrestling in this fight. Well, you I, th know? I think if Phil, if Phil goes and he watches <clears throat> that fight that Anglickskis had with Nemkov, he's going to see that, you know, hey, Nemkov got hurt on his feet in the beginning of First that round. fight. And Glickskis' boxing is actually very good. His takedown defense is good, but it's not enough to stop Phil Davis's wrestling. And Phil should go to it. And, and look, at, we are always just harping on Phil about you going to wrestle. You going how many times have we said it? And stuff. But he did in his last fight. He went against Yoel Romero, a guy that we we went and said, look, this is the first time that you're facing a guy who actually has better credentials than you in the wrestling. And he took Yo Yo Yoel Romero down multiple times in that fight yeah. and just put it on him and stuff. So that Phil can wrestle. We know that Phil will wrestle when he's given that. Yeah. This is a guy that, you know what? He's dangerous on the feet. And I think that he's going to find that Anglixkis is dangerous on his feet. And so Anglixkis is going to have to figure out, can he stop the takedown of Phil Davis? Cause I do think that Phil's going to go to it times. Now Phil's not going to, he's not going to just, you know, be, pushing for that takedown he'll stand he's going to stand and be comfortable standing for a while if yeah. the opportunity comes i think you'll see him go for that takedown and, and try to put julius on his back but you never know you know with phil sometimes he's like, i was comfortable there you know <laughs> and, and he is he look yeah he's he's such a good athlete you know he's so just physically dominant but i i'm gonna say it and glickskis is a beast that dude physically is strong. You know, you talk about a guy that comes into that, you know, cage at, he weighed in at 205. He's huge. Yeah. And not an 
ounce of fat on him. You know, and I thought, you know, people can say what they want. His his fight against Nemkov, look, he was put into the pressure cooker against a guy who was the top dog. And, you know, hey, he put up a good fight. It wasn't enough to win, and he, he got beat. He got, you know, submitted in the fourth round. But you got to have those fights to, to start to progress you to the next level. And I hopefully he learned from it. I think we, we're going to see a better Julius Anglickskis against Phil Davis. I think this is a great matchup. Well, he also had a full camp, and that fight he didn't have a full camp. I want to say he had like a four weeks. Was it four weeks a month? Yeah, it was three to four. Something like that. So on top of that, and you could tell by the third round, his hands started to kind of labor and reach out. When he, what he does when you watch him from previous fights, when he has a full camp, everything with him is very defensive. Okay, he keeps very his tight. hands very tight. He's very tight. I'm not saying he's just a defensive fighter, but he doesn't leave himself out of position for too long if he does at all. But as that fight went on and, and Nemkov started picking him apart a little bit and started landing some shots, he started to kind of slow down and his arms started reaching a little bit too much. He started leaving it out there too much to be countered. And Nemkov had a lot of um, he had a lot of success with that head kick. Now that head kick, whether it got through or not, it still grazed the top of the head. It still was able to kind of he started blocking with just one hand instead of blocking with two. Phil Davis has a sneaky, fast head kick. Ask Linton Vassell. He yeah, gets hello. up there quickly, and he hides it well behind his hands. Now, also, too, is that the submission, I think the submission threat is legit, 100% legit, because Phil Davis on the ground has one of the best Kimuras, one of the best, like, he's got some of the best top pressure, top control, if he can get you down and work for his submissions. that His, his Kimura, because he's got such massive hands, he sets that thing up so well. And his top pressure keeps people down where they're just fighting for their life to try to get back up to the feet. If he gets a takedown or two against Nemkov, like remember, he almost caught Yoel Romero in a Kimura. He almost caught Nemkov in a Kimura. He had moments in those fights where he likes to set up that submission when he gets to the top position, especially that side control where he's able to step over the head or he's able to kind of go crucifix style on you, you know, yep. where he steps over the arm. Phil Davis just needs to remember, stay long, <clears throat> Because that's where Nemkov had the success. I look at Nemkov and Phil Davis is very similar. I look at Phil Davis as the better as the better uh, wrestler. Nemkov is the better striker. But the way that they fight, they fight both long and they kind of both throw long kicks. They both stay long with their jabs. They both kind of throw like a little bit of an overhand right, like a little bit of a loopy overhand right or a loopy overhand left. They're very similar in that style. And I think it, Phil needs to implement a lot of what. Um, Nemkov did in that fight, pressure, pressure, long jab, use the combinations, threaten the head kick every once in a while to keep him loyal with his hands up high while you go ahead and enter in on the takedown. Yep. I think he's going to have success. I think Phil Davis is going to have success, especially if he's got to push the pace and make and utilize his wrestling. Yeah, I agree with you. Exactly, exactly what he needs to do. We'll see if he but, does it. But, John, the fight that I'm most excited to see <laughs> is Johnny Eblen versus John Salter. That's a good one. Hey, look at this is no matter what anyone wants to say, Johnny Eblen is making a step up in competition compared to what he has faced in the past. Yeah. Johnny's looked great. He's undefeated in his career and he's had some tough fights. Travis Davis was a very tough fight for him. Daniel Madrid, he looked great in and he got rid of, of a guy that I think is a really good fighter in Daniel Madrid fast. Taylor Johnson was a grinding, but he just dominated Taylor in that fight. Mm -hmm. Taylor, a guy that's got great leg locks, good submissions. Wasn't able to do anything, but John Salter is a next level as far as on the ground. And so the real question is, does Johnny take the fight to the ground? Like Johnny likes 
He likes to stand up now. They call him Diamond Hands. I think when now now they're calling him the Human Cheat Code. Is that what it is? This is a guy that <laughs> goes. This guy code. that goes through through nicknames. You know, as fast as uh, oh man, some people go through wives. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, <laughs> he uh, man, he's good, and he knows he's good, and you know his coaches know he's good, and they know this this guy is someone that can be at that top level. But well. He's got a guy in, in John Salter that's been at the top level, a guy that's good everywhere. He's got good wrestling, got phenomenal jujitsu. Stand-up, maybe not the best, but good enough to protect himself and stuff. So we're going to see what Johnny tries to do in this fight. Is he going to try to exploit Salter on the feet, or is he going to feel comfortable enough at times to take him down? It's the real question in the fight for me. Yeah, but can John Salter get him down? That's the question. I don't know. Because if not, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the advantage to Johnny Eblin on the feet. Just yeah. not just because of the speed, but because of just being the the youth of it all. I think that Johnny Eblin is gonna be able to just go ahead and fight at the pace on the feet. We saw with John Salter when he has to stay on the feet, his barcode for his fight, he gets uncomfortable. He just starts depleting his energy. He gets exhausted. He is someone who cannot fight on his back foot and feel comfortable out there without getting tired. Yeah. You know. Now, once he gets to fight to the ground, he'll fight at that pace all day long because he's on top. It's just nasty. He's good on top. He just puts pressure. He forces you to go where he wants. He takes your back and finishes you. He'll do whatever he wants to you when he's on the top position in terms of grappling. But I don't know if he's got the wrestling at his age to get Johnny Eblen down and John and for Johnny not to be able to work his way out of there and out scramble him and out fight him in that wrestling department. Well, he's def- for sure. He definitely has the ability to get Johnny down if Johnny overextends in the stand-up. That's He'll true. be out of position. That's true. And John is very good at <clears throat> catching guys that do that, trying to knock his block off. And so it's all about how controlled is Johnny Eblen in that stand-up. Is he nice and relaxed and just trying to touch, or is he trying to touch by taking his head off? That's the real question. Hmm. All right, we're going to find out. So, yep. J.J. Wilson is up at lightweight now against uh, Godsey. Godsey is tough, Godsey's man. Tough. If you guys don't know who he is, he trains uh, at AK. Yep, he trains at AK. He's, uh, uh, I, I should just call it Team Khabib now. Um, he's, <laughs> he's out of Team Khabib. Be and um, he's tough. He's tough. He's, he's got good power in his hands. He's got good takedown defense. He's someone that will try to keep the fight on the feet. Don't get me wrong. He will utilize his wrestling. But he, he's good on the feet. And so J.J. Wilson's got his hands full because when this gets into an exchange in terms of wrestling, J.J. Wilson, though, for the for the weight class, is going to be taller and longer than Gatsy. But he's going to be, I think, and will he be able to push the pace on Gatsy to the point where Gatsy gets tired? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I mean, but I think this is a this is going to be a really tough fight for Gatsy to have to deal with because the, the length and the reach – if he does get taken down, if Gatsy gets taken down and JJ on top, the wraparound, just the the hooks, the the threats of the chokes and the submissions, JJ's JJ's tough in those positions, man. And really his jujitsu is good. His jujitsu, he searches for submissions. He doesn't sit there and just he 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 forces you in a direction. He makes you think he's going for one thing while he's setting something else up. The kid is slick. You know, it's just a matter of. He was trying to fight at 145, and he wasn't able to make weight at 145 and stuff. Yeah. But, like, he's 8-0 for a reason, and he's had some big wins, big knockouts, big submissions. 
this is a this is a great fight between two tough dudes. Alex Belize versus Jose, as we call him, Gugu Augusto. That should be a fun fight. That's Augusto is tough. You know, almost put Rumble Johnson away with a shot. Um, this guy's good, and Polizzi is just you know, you know, just tough. You know, Alex, yeah. Mister Easy Polizzi. His but, only loss is to Inglitskis. I know. Inglitskis. Can I say it again? Damn it. Thank you, Moro. Inglitskis. Inglitskis, Moro. Damn it, Moro. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but Polizzi, that's his only loss. So he's nine yeah. and one. He's got good wrestling. He's aggressive. He comes forward. But and uh, Julius was able to keep the jab in his face and never really got in deep enough to get the to, to get the takedown. He had one or two takedowns in that fight, but then uh, Anglikis was able to just get back to the top position. Yeah. So uh, Augusto uh, Gugu is going to have his hands full, but he's good on the feet. He's going to put the pressure. He's going to make Polizzi fight a very uncomfortable fight. Yep, that should be a fun fight. Yep. Um, Derek Anderson and Goichi Yamauchi is off the card. Off that the is card. The, that is off the card. I don't, there, we haven't been told why. But then my boy, Romero Cotton. He was supposed to fight Dalton Rasta. Then he had some issues. Um, you know, there were some health issues that he had to deal with. So he is back. And now he's fighting uh, Freddie Sandoval. Sandoval's tough, man. It's tough. He is. But it's kind of one of those fights where Romero should win at 5-0. and oh. He should be able to put Freddie on his back. Dominate the top position. Put some heavy leather on him, make him make a mistake, potentially get a submission. Romero's been looking really good in the gym in terms of his submission game. Yeah, really? So not just to sit on top and do the do the ground and pound. Like, hey man, we're not getting paid by the minute. And these guys are tougher and tougher every single day. And they can take more and more shots. So let's try to just get them submitted, get them out of here so we get we can get paid quickly. That's the way you gotta look at it, Romero. And that's the way he's been looking at it so far. So makes for a fun fight. Um, that's that's go a good ahead, fight say. for Romero. He, no, it's a good fight for Romero. He should, you know, if he he should go in there, and he should impose his will. His wrestling is that good. He's that physically strong. Yeah, that he should impose his will. I think Cody Law versus James Adcock is going to be fun to watch. I love Cody Law. He's getting better and better with every fight. More confident. His wrestling is on point. His stand up is on point. Uh, he's great. And then Roman Feraldo. He's oh yeah, he's tough. a stud. How That's is the he man not that, higher he up? He called his last shot, man, in his last yeah. fight, dude. He's a stud. Yeah. He's going against Kelvin Rayford. That's a fun fight. That look at Roman Feraldo. He's the real deal. He's going to be fun to watch yeah. for a while. Yeah, uh, if you guys want to know what's going to be, uh, you guys got to check out. How do you say her last name there? Diana. Diana. Saragova. Saragova. You guys yeah. can thank me later. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> you guys can thank me later. All right, uh, let's talk about the UFC. Damn, let's John, we're into this. Oof. Okay, you have uh, Uncle Ayev versus Uncle Ayev, yeah, versus Tiago Santos. Uncle All right, like I said, anybody with the name Magomed in Leave it alone. Just leave the name Magomed alone. <laughs> leave the name don't, Magomed. don't take those fights. Just move on. <laughs> when you got when you've got oh. Thor's hammer on your chest, you're not worried about no damn Ankalaev. 
Hey, and, and you know, if you guys recall in the movie, in the Avengers movie and stuff, Thor was a bitch. <laughs> no. <Ooh. laughs> no. is going to walk. He's going to try to basically circle, stick, and move. Circle, stick, and move. He's going to avoid the try to avoid the takedown as much as he possibly can. You guys all know this stuff. You guys are listening to our show. You know the sport pretty well. You should know the sport pretty well. I read the comment section. Sometimes you guys don't show that. But... I know you guys know the sport very well. In in terms of Uncle Live is going to put the pressure on him. He's going to throw some big shots, keep it on the feet a little bit. But the way for him to win this fight is get this fight to the ground. He knows that. And once this fight hits the ground, it will be a completely different fight, John. Completely different fight. Well, everyone, if you took my advice last week, you probably didn't do as well as we would have liked to have you guys to do. But John and I are on task to make sure you guys make a little money this week. But at mybookie.ag... That's all that matters because there's always things to bet on. Right now, we're getting ready for uh, the Final Four. We're getting, or not Final Four, we're getting ready for the uh, NC2A tournament coming up in basketball. We're also getting ready for, of course, more fights for us to talk about. There's always fights for us to talk about because there's no season for that. But at mybookie.ag, use our promo code Wayne in, and there's a QR code right there. If you guys have not signed up yet, use that QR code. And when you click that QR code right there, and we'll give you a little extra spending cash, courtesy of the Wayne In Podcast. Use that QR code right there. Use our promo code Wayne In at mybookie.ag. Now, let's talk about the bets, John. We didn't do as well as we thought we were going to do on the Masvidal and the Colby fight. Masvidal didn't come through. And there were some other fights. The Barboza fight really shocked me, which we'll get into on our podcast as well, of course. But I wanted to make sure you guys all understand. We know... What we told you guys to do, or suggested, I should say, for you guys to do. And hey, it didn't come through. But we also remember, in the past, we've made some good money for you guys. You guys have been very thankful. But at mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in. And John, I got to tell you, we got to come through for him in the next show. I, I, I don't think that Uncle Live's only way to win this fight is taking him down. I mean, yeah, I do think that on the ground, Uncle Live is much more controlling, much more dominant. Yes. But Uncle Iav on his feet is good. The guy's no, got he cr- is. He's got crisp boxing. His hands are good. He throws clean shots. I think Santos has that power. But if you look at guys that throw straight punches, and I'm going to go back a, wa- a ways here, Uncle Iav throws a lot of straight shots. Mm. He's got clean shots. There was a guy named Gegard Musasi that fought Santos and just straight shotted him into a first round knockout mm-hmm. because he's open down the middle. And Uncle Iav is going to be able to catch him if he hasn't changed that because a lot of times Santos gets hit with shots down the middle. Look at Santos is explosive. He's got power. He can put anyone out. This is not an easy fight for him. No, I understand that. But my point was, look, if you know, if you're a fighter and you know that your easiest way to winning this fight without taking any damage is to go ahead and stay on the feet for a little bit but then just only to open up the takedown, get the takedown, make him work back up to his feet. Santos is not the same fighter after he's had to defend one or two takedowns no, or absolutely. two or three the, takedowns. Yeah, that, that power bar it tends to go away pretty fast. It slows down as well as his movement will slow down as well. So then it makes it more of a stationary target. So, like, you guys, when there's fights like this, so I, I'm not saying that Uncle Live can't stand. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that why take the hardest path and the most potential of being knocked out when you can wrestle a little bit in the beginning and make it a different fight because Santos is not the same fighter after one or two takedowns. Make it a safer fight for you to stay on the feet. 
He he's not as explosive. The power is still there, but not it's not it doesn't get there as fast because he's not as explosive. And Uncle Live can then start opening up on the stand-up. What we've seen with Uncle Live is he's got cardio. He can press the pace. He'll still be there in the third and the fifth round. He'll still be there. Will Santos be there? That's the question. You know, and so I'm just simply saying, sure, he can stand. Sure, he but why take that avenue when you know if you wrestle a little bit in those first round, round and a half. Then you go ahead and start opening up on the feet. Santos will not be the same fighter. It is an extremely yeah. tough fight for Santos to win. I, I agree with you. I think it's a, a, this is a tough fight for Santos. He, not that he can't win. He can. He can definitely knock anybody mm-hmm. out, but tough one. All right, Marlon Marais against Yadong Song, Song Yadong, whichever way you want to go with it. You know, I hear it both ways. So this is a, this is a good matchup. This is, a, this is an important fight for Marlon Marais. This is big time. It is, it is, John. But I think he's still in the top. Isn't he still in the top fifteen? He pulled uh, up the yeah. rankings there. I think he is. I think he's still in the top fifteen. I, I don't see them letting him go for at least you know a couple more fights. This is going to be, but this is one of those young buck, like young stud uh, Yadong Song coming up, and you've got Marlon Marais at number ten. <clears throat> and so if in, in Yadong Song or Song Yadong is at number fourteen, they're going to see a little bit of a transition. Now Marlon Marais needs to get a win and needs to have an ex- he needs to have a dominating performance. He should be dominating these young guys that are coming up if he wants to stay in not just in the weight class, but in, in the UFC. Now I know he's I think they're going to give him a couple more fights before oh, yeah. they would even think about letting him go. I would um, definitely think so. He's still fun to watch fight no matter what. Um, but it, I think I think in this fight. Yadong Song is going to go ahead and try to pressure him, going to try to push him, try to make him tired. He's got to avoid the big shot. He's got to avoid the leg kicks. But I wonder if Marlon Marais right now is still trying to figure himself out. I don't think he's gotten a win since he's been an American top team. I don't think so. Yeah, it, It's been you know, it's been him and Edson him. Barboza went down at the same time. Yep, that's right. And, it, you know, he, like he's a good fighter, but I think that the weight cut, as he gets older, it's starting to have more and more effect mm-hmm. on him because he does lose a lot of weight. Like when you see him in the off, you know, off time, not in, on a fight, he's jacked. Yeah, he's big. He's thick. And uh, I think, you know, the, the loss of weight, I understand why he doesn't want to go up. It's, he's looking at it saying, man, I'm not that long anyways. And, you know, my reach is not that much and stuff. But he needs to have a good performance against a very tough guy in Yadong, but there's advantages for Marais in this fight. He needs to exploit those advantages, and one is his experience compared to where Song Yadong is at. Song Yadong is good. He's got power in his hands. He's got good wrestling, but he hasn't been put through all the paces of what is out there and what Marlon Marais has experienced, and that's what Marlon needs to bring out. He needs to put him in bad spots just you know make the fight tough for him make him have to work hard make it to where he's uncomfortable and he'll get the win and then you got Yusuf versus Caceres I think it's gonna be a fun fight ah it's a good fight I like Alex Caceres people say whatever they want the whole Bruce Leroy thing all that stuff this guy has been fighting his ass off and look he doesn't avoid anybody Alex Caceres is a just a stud and he has been fighting Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, you take a look at who he's been fighting, and it's a who's who, man. He doesn't he doesn't skip anybody. 
You know, and he, he's had some big wins. He had the loss. I, mean, I think his last loss was against Crone Gracie, wasn't it? Hmm. You know, and, and like anyone so. ends up with Crone on the ground, you got problems. You know, in the UFC, there's no one that uh, can, I don't want to yeah. say out grapple, you know, Burns could, 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 you know, stay with Crone and stuff, but they're different weight classes by two weight classes, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I just look at what Alex has been able to do. The thing about Yusuf, Yusuf has got power, but Caceres is long. He's rangy. He has great movement. He's an in and out style fighter. And when the, if the fight gets to the ground, he's he, he can now fight on the ground. He now yeah. is actually good on the ground. He does. He he's smart. He makes the right adjustments. He puts his weight in the right places. You see what he's doing. He he feels things and he doesn't stick with them. You know, when things are going away from him, he changes the position. You know, I just like everything he's doing. I think this is a fight that, you know, yeah, you can look and say that, you know, Yusuf is, you know, the hotter fighter as far as he's got the better record overall. You know, doesn't have the experience. But I think right now Alex Caceres is actually the better fighter. I think he's the smarter fighter. Yeah, it really comes down to not just fight IQ, but it's the confidence level. Caceres at the time was not feeling the he wasn't feeling confident. That's right. He started rattling off some wins. Now he's feeling confident. He's feeling his oats. Yep. You know, and they look just because Yusuf is the better people will look at him and be like, oh, he's got more wins, or he not just more wins, but yeah. he's got he's got not, not more wins, but he's he's got a better record. When you look at it that way, right? But then the both of them are on the feet, both of them in stand-up areas. Caceres brings a stand-up that not many people have to deal. That not many people are able to bring someone to deal with. That's why Stephen Thompson just, and an MVP and those guys are hard to deal with because well. you don't spar with guys like that all the time. So having to deal with someone who's more bladed, having to deal with someone who throws a lot of sidekicks, who who comes off the sidekick with a straight left or a straight right or whatever it is, those are not guys that are easy to deal with. And the way they move, Caceres moves a lot. So you're always having to readjust and re and, and basically like try to level back up again every time they move. And they move a lot in terms of they go from right in front of you to now they're four feet to your right. <sighs> Shit, I gotta turn my whole body. Now I gotta face you. And now the sidekick comes. Then they move again. You're chasing after them oh, and leaving yourself it. open. And, and so Cassar people people Cassar have, have no idea really how well. frustrating it is oh. when you're trying to track somebody down because you're yeah. trying to throw and you can never get it to where you have them stopping yeah and it's it's frustrating you know, it so is it's, it's not uh, it's not easy it's not it's, no, it's not, not it's not an easy thing to do and but caceres right now is on he's on another level in terms of his fight iq he's been fighting a lot smarter okay he seems like he's matured um as an individual and it's showing in the cage so his fight iq is there his confidence is i think through the roof he's got like four or five wins in a row something like yep. that and this is a this is a this is a big fight for him so this puts him right up. Like, think about this. He's right below. I think he's right below the co-main event. Scroll up a more. Yeah, right. Because Marlon Rice and y Yadong Song are the co-main. So he's right below the co-main event. That means that they're looking at him to like make a little bit of a run. Oh, yeah. So after Yusuf, you're going to start making. You're going to start seeing Caceres. If he gets a good performance, a nice dominant win, they're going to start pushing him a little bit. And so he deserves it. Now on the fight on the ground, I think I agree with you, John. Caceres is that guy. He's the guy that's going to dominate the top position, dominate the submission. He's going to dominate the controls and the scrambles, I think, once this fight hits the ground, if he's able to get it there. So 
whereas Yusuf is not, don't get me wrong, he's not good. He's not bad on the ground, but nope. he's not a Caceres' level on the ground. And so when I said the same thing I said about the main event with Tiago and Ankalaev, Ankalaev can make this an easier fight by getting this fight to the ground in the first round, round and a half. Caceres can make this fight an easier fight by trying to get this fight to the ground in the first round, round and a half. You, Yusuf has got power. He's explosive. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, like you said, he's not bad on the ground either. I'm not saying he is, but it, that, in the top position, he's got to be. Yeah. You know, you haven't really seen a whole lot of him off of his back, but in the top position, man, he he's a he's a handful. All right, Khalil Roundtree, who I love, I just love watching Khalil fight. You know, this is a guy that you know a lot of people, you know, just if you if you know Khalil, he's the nicest guy there is. Just unbelievably kind person just deadly in the standup, you know, and, and they've put him against so many people that, you know, remember when Gohan Saki came out, you know, mm -hmm. and he's going from, you know, kickboxing world, goes to the UFC, and who did they put against Gohan? It was Khalil, and they were expecting yeah. Gohan. It was, you know, and they were looking for the, the, the stand-up fight. Gohan Saki got blazed by Khalil. And so have a lot of other good fighters. You know, Eric Anders. There was that one fight that he had against Eric Anders. It's one of those fights. I use it, I use it all the time for it's a 10-7 round. Khalil Roundtree knocks Eric Anders down four times with solid knockdowns in that round. The guy can fight, man. He's got power in his hands. There's obviously ways to beat him. Take him off of his feet is the way to beat him. But I'm telling you right now, and, and not that Carl Roberson cannot do that. He can, but I really enjoy watching Khalil fight. He just, he, he he's going to fight his fight. He's very tight, very compact in his style, but uh, just one of my favorites to watch and just a good guy. John, this next fight is a huge fight, a huge step up in competition for Terrence McKinney. Ooh. Huge. Yes, not even is. a little bit, but a lot. Oh, Drew Dober is one of those guys is just extremely tough, durable all the way around. He's explosive on the feet. He's got good wrestling. He, he puts it all together very well. This to me, like, look, I saw some, I saw a bunch of, uh, what are they called? Like in the comment sections or in the, in uh, like uh, forums and stuff, people talking about Terrence McKinney's way overhyped. He's not as good as people. It's not as good as he, he, he looks. They've been having to fight scrubs. Da, da 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 like and I'm like thinking to myself, well, now that this fight is happening with Drew Dober, we're gonna find we'll, out just how we'll good he is. We'll see if you're right. Yeah. We're gonna see. So the thing that scares me about guys or females, they explode onto the scene like this with Terrence McKinney, right? With knockouts, quick finishes, things like that. How are they after the first round? Because I don't see this fight not going into the second. I see it's gonna go into the second, maybe even the third. If Terrence is if is if Terrence is as good as I'm thinking he is, this fight should end up into the second and the third round. Drew Dubber is so tough. He is. Tough. He's extremely tough. So and he hits Terrence like McKinney a truck. To get him out. Yeah, and for Terrence McKinney to get him out of there, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out who's who's if he's the real deal or not. I, in this I would fight. doubt that Terrence McKinney's he's not gonna get a fast win here if he gets the win. Uh, it's gonna be a tough fight. Drew Dober is just, you know, he's. People can sit there and say, when you, you know, take a look at, all right, I'm just going to go back to Bobby Green just fought Islam Makhachev. Mm -hmm. And take a look at Drew Dober's fight against Islam. You know, he he was in there for a while with Islam, and Islam finally got, you know, got him out. But 
Drew Dober is a dog, man, and he will yeah. he will be there fighting his ass off. I've seen him get in bad positions and come out of them and get the win. Terrence McKinney, this is your step up because they definitely gave you a guy that he's got a lot of experience. He's been in a lot of you know tough fights. He understands how to win. And if you can get this win, that's really saying something because they put you against the real deal in Dober. John, do you think this is a... <clears throat> Like, when I look at this matchup, going from the guys that you fought, Terrence McKinney, the guys that you fought, and then you take a jump like this, I look at it two ways. I look at it as you're either reading your own paper clippings or your management and your fight team are reading uh, their, your okay, own paper Okay, there you clippings. go. I, I was going with the management saying and, uh, and I'm not trying to say that you can't beat them, Terrence McKinney. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just simply saying, like, what are you getting paid to fight this level of guy? If you're not on your second contract or your third contract or whatever it is to like make to where you're making more money, you want to hold off on these guys. Like, like the, you got to take a page out of uh, of Sugar Sean, you know, and Tom Aspinall. Slow play this for a little bit because once you start getting up there and those higher ranked guys and those guys that are extremely tough, there's no going backwards except for bad stuff. Like you're not going backwards to fight these guys. You're going nothing but up. Okay, your pay will go backwards if you lose to these guys. Yeah. You know, or it'll stay the same, which is backwards in my opinion. Like you've got to get these wins. This is a fight where you may be able to beat him. And you're going to but the thing is, no after you beat this guy, you're not going backwards to fight easier guys anymore. You're going to be stuck fighting these guys at this level for the pay that you're getting paid. So I don't know. It, I know maybe cuz you just so fought recently. So you're, you fought, so you're what, saying he's not slow rolling it. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem to be that way so i hope his management and his uh and his team understand that like his pay doesn't like his pay may go up a tiny bit because he is doing this because he just fought what two weeks ago yeah did he fight last week or two weeks ago i think two weeks was, ago he fought i think it was two weeks ago yeah but regardless he's right at the end of february i think so yeah you're not going back it's not, you're not even going two back weeks. buddy with the win over Dober, if you get a win over Dober, you're not going backwards. You're looking everything in front of you has a number. <laughs> That's ooh. well, you know, hope you, you, pay. you take a look in the. I I don't know who his first loss was against, but I know his losses were against, um, you know, Derek Minner, who's phenomenal on the ground, very tough guy as far as once he gets you down there, man, he goes after submissions, and he has the the loss to uh, Sean Woodson. Who is in the UFC? Sean's super tall. You know, mm -hmm. Looks looks gangly. A man the Duke can box. He can move and stuff. But <sighs> I'm telling you right now, I, I'm honestly saying that you know Drew Dober, that's your toughest competition to date. That's the dude yeah. that you know, experience wise and just veteran, and still got speed in his hands. Still has power. Still just as junkyard dog tough. You get this win. Hats off to you, man. You are a stud. We're going to yep. find out. So. Yep, we are. Uh, John, is there any other fights on this card, on the prelims that motivate you? Oh, let me see. I like Damon Jackson. He's tough as hell. Um, he's going against Kirk. That's actually a good fight. Damon's just, he, he's one of those junkyard dogs that just keeps on freaking uh, coming at you and tough. But if you're going to say anything about it, you got to go with Alex Pejea against Bruno Silva. Look at Pejas, the guy that uh, he's he's already calling out. Is he? This is a guy, man, from the kickboxing world. This man is a stud. He is a freaking monster. He's been working out with Glover Teixeira 
for a long time now to get into MMA. He's come in there. He had a uh, his first performance in the UFC. You got to look at it and say, man, it was good. You know, he got taken down. He, got, he kept himself safe, got up, you know, gets the flying knee knockout. Incredible. And he's already calling out the champ. And look, and he's calling out the champ because he fought Izzy and has knocked Izzy out in kickboxing. And his power is phenomenal. The dude has got freaking bombs, dogs, whatever you want to call them, in his hands, man. He's just, he can fucking swat. And so, you know, Bruno Silva is a good fighter. He's a tough dude. And he's a guy that likes to fight in the stand-up a lot. He should not be in the stand-up against Pejea. Pejea's, he's the, he's the coming. We're going to see what's going to happen. You know, right now, I know, I'm sure Izzy is not even really worried about it too much, but I'm sure he's giving a look going, come on, Silva, put him back a step. But nah. I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, I, like Pejea, um, Dave, you want to pull that up, what he said about Izzy? Yeah. Did you keep it? I, I don't, he basically, I don't hear about he, he basically told Izzy, I texted to you. Uh, he basically told Izzy that, you know, he hasn't brought up, Izzy hasn't brought my name up. Izzy's not talking about me. The reason why Izzy's not talking about me is because he's afraid of me. <laughs> there might be a little bit of that in there, there, John. I mean, look, I got a lot of respect for Izzy. I think he's extremely Nothing talented. I don't think fighters, I don't think fighters like him are afraid. But he's in the back afraid. of his mind, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. But in the back of his mind, he's thinking, I, I do have a loss to that guy. You well, know? Knock, so, I mean, a big-time knockout loss. Yeah. So Alex Pahea goes, he goes, he'll run for me, some crazy for, for, a, for a fight will say, I want this guy, I want to prove I'm better than him. He's fooling his fans base. People should pressure him. The least he could do is say, fuck, I'll show my fans that I'm the best, and that's why they follow me. That's not what he's doing. He's scared. He's scared shitless. Basically, he's scared. He's scared <laughs> of shit of me. So, um, I think I think there's no reason for him to bring up Pahea right now and give him the limelight. That might be one reason why. God no. But if he gets if he gets another highlight real knockout, uh oh. I mean, you got to start thinking. Okay, then we Storm's put him in coming, there, baby. Winter, yeah. winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, you put you put him against somebody. You put him against somebody like uh, Paulo Costa, who likes to only stand, won't really wrestle a whole lot. Yep. That puts him right into that top five, and you just say, you know what? Let's just see what happens. The UFC has been known to do this. Oh yes, this they is have. The fight that I want to see. This is the fight that I want to see. So if you get if he gets a if he goes out there and fights uh, Paulo Costa and knocks him out or makes him look bad, like embarrasses him, you could see that fight happening. Like you could see them not slow playing it but rushing him up to the top getting him up there right away i'd yeah. be pumped for it man let's he's got to get through this weekend first let's let's not yes, jump ahead of ourselves there's also a very good fight with sabina mazo versus miranda maverick that's a good contrast mm. of style sabina mazo very good in her muay thai very good stand-up skills miranda maverick good stand-up skills but likes to take the fight to the ground very strong physically uh very uh dominant uh, that's a good matchup in the 125s. Yeah. Flyweights, that's a that's a really good matchup. All right. Well, Overall, hey, we, uh, good card. That wraps up our fight card talk for this weekend's fights coming up. Remember, there's Oof. tons of fights on Friday. There's tons of fights on Saturday. We are going. We are moving right ahead. Okay, so Dave, let's get into some news podcast, Dave. All right, we'll touch on a couple of items here. Uh, first one is Kayla Harrison confirmed as having re-signed with PFL. Um, and she apparently 
um, looked at offers from UFC and Bellator as well? Yeah, look, it wasn't so much that she, look, they matched her offer and in, in her clause it said that she, she had no choice. If they match, they have, she has to resign. So it's it, the same thing happens like in the NFL, same thing happens in the NBA. Like if they want to keep somebody, they have the right to match it. That's normally in most contracts when you're talking about sports and athletics. And in this situation, Bellator put together a fantastic offer. And what that did was that allowed her to get paid. She yeah. got paid a lot more money. Look, yeah. guys. And she was already John making a lot of money. Up, John and I sat up here a while back and said how much money she was making. We're like, how much damn money is she making? She was making a ton. Bellator came ahead and tried to put in a better offer to get her away from there to fight Chris Cyborg. They matched it. She, it's a win-win. So look, for when, her, you guys, when we say, yeah, it's a win-win for her. It's a win-win for the for the PFL too because absolutely. honestly, they don't. Maybe they didn't want to spend the money, but guess what? They have someone who is now has a, has some name recognition. They have some other guys that are in there that have name recognition. But I think honestly, with all this controversy over her contract, she's probably got the biggest name in that organization. Right no now. doubt about it. You know, I mean, you could say Pettis. You know, you could no. say Pettis, but different part of their careers. She's, yeah, I agree. She's I agree. the number one. You know, if you look at media wise, people talking about her, social mm -hmm. media stuff. Kayla Harrison is the number one fighter they have. If you walk down the street, though, John, do you recognize her? Or do you recognize Pettis first? Well, I recognize I her. She's better looking than Pettis. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I no. Kayla Harrison, she, as far she as kick my ass as, for saying that. As well, as far <laughs> as you know, if you're if you're talking about fans and stuff, you know, let's be honest. Anthony is, you know, is he's well known and stuff, and and there's people that recognize him, but. I, you can say the same thing with Rory McDonald. Look at the the yeah. best fighters in the PFL. If you're going to say who's the best fighters there, well, two of them, you know, going to be Kayla Harrison and Ray Cooper. Yeah, there's people that are not going to recognize them, but yeah, that's just part of the marketing, and that's what you know the PFL is working towards as far as garnering that. That's why they paid her that money. They didn't want to let her go, and uh, yeah, let her go somewhere else and have people then say, oh, she's great when they had her and they had the ability to keep her. Mm -hmm. So. Look, I, I sent her a message and I told her, hey, man, congratulations. As yeah. you know, as we talked about in the past, look, at this is what it's about. And I, and I know that you as a person and I and I look, she is a competitor. She wants man. to prove to people I am the best that is burning inside of her. And I think she has the feeling that she's not going to be able to do that based upon the PFL matching that offer. But. I think she will. I think, you know, eventually the PFL, it's a possibility that, you know, instead of the fights happening in Bellator or the fights happening in the UFC, the PFL will bring those people over that, you know what, they'll happen in the PFL maybe someday. Maybe it'll be a one-off where, you know, you, you get to borrow a fighter or something like that. Borrow. You, you, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, you you know, you, Josh, you were very smart, and we talk about all the time. This is about setting yourself up for life yeah and that's what she's done now she's set and to sit there and say oh you know that it's you know she should you know should she should have just walked she, she doesn't have the ability to walk no all right they match the offer so that's part of the contracts and but bellator in a strange way just benefited you know kayla in the fact that they just bumped her pay way up 
Yeah. And good for her. That's the, what it's supposed to be. This is prize fighting. You are fighting for a prize. Sometimes in your opinion, that prize is your ego and to show people. Sometimes it's the money going in your bank account, but it's prize fighting and I'm glad she's getting paid. Let me explain. Let me, I'll give you guys another example. Like what happened here, Gilbert Melendez was having some, didn't, wasn't having issues, but was like he was up on his contract um, for one of his last fights in Strike Force, and the UFC had already owned the the business. They bought Strike Force. Yeah, I was gonna say so the, the happened, UFC owned their contract. Yeah, owned their contracts. But yeah. Gilbert was on his last fight or something like that. He ended up going to Bellator. That's right. And they put in a huge offer for him. Well, then he turned and went back to the UFC and said, "Hey, this is what they offered me. They matched it. He got paid a ton of money." Good for him. A ton of money. Yeah. That's that's my that's my thing, guys. Like, I'm not saying that, that fighters should leave the UFC. When when we talk about that, I'm not I'm not telling I'm not trying to talk people into leaving. I'm trying to talk them into figuring out what their real worth is. And that may ruffle some feathers with them at the UFC. That may do that. You guys, but you guys gotta understand, I don't think so. If you're the talent that they, that you believe you are, and you're the talent that they know you are. Then go check and see what Bellator will pay you, what PFL will pay you. Because if you're like someone like an Anthony Pettis, he's probably getting paid more over there. Maybe not when he was champion, but then the rest of his fights, he's probably getting paid more at PFL. I and bet you, I goes, will bet. I would bet you that he's making as much money now with the PFL that he ever made with the UFC. Okay, so I would probably, I would, I would agree with you. But what Kayla Harrison did here, okay, and like it was out of her. It was, it was, she had no control over whether she stayed or not because they matched. But what right. she did is she went out and she checked what the UFC offered. She checked and went and see what the Bellator would offer. And then the, and then PFL came back and said, you know what? For that amount of money extra, we'll go ahead and just match and keep you. That's all you guys got to do. The UFC will put, even if the UFC was to let you guys go to Bellator or PFL or one, okay, and you get a couple wins over there and you start building a name over there as well. Now you're like, okay three, four, or four or five fights, go back to the open market and do it again. Yes. And check it again. Or stay there and become champion. And once you become champion, then go and do it again. Whatever it is. But whatever you decide to do, Anthony Johnson's a perfect example of that as well. He left because they let him go because he was having problems making weight. He went to the PFL. He never fought for the title. And he said he told well, it them. Oh, World, World Series of Fighting series. at the time. World Series of Fighting at the time. He never fought for the title, but he did beat guys like Andre Arlovsky and other fighters, okay? And he went out there and beat him. And when he went out there and beat him, he came back and they said, hey, we'll sign you. He, had he stayed and in the UFC. signed him for a lot more money. A lot more money. I want you guys to remember, he was fighting guys like Vitor Belford at the time when he when he was let go or whatever it was to, to go to the to World Series of Fighting when he was cut. He came back, signed for a ton more money. Had he stayed in the organization, he wouldn't never have been making as much money. He would have never have made that much money. He came back for more money. There's a there's a rhyme and reason to do things like this. And look, I hope I hope people, I hope if you want to be in the UFC, be in the UFC, and I I hope you guys stay there. But leverage your ability with these other promotions while they're there, okay, to utilize them and say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna see what they're gonna pay me, and go get some wins over there, and then come back and fight maybe for the UFC or fight for PFL or whoever whoever's willing to pay you the most. Anyways. Yeah. All right, but Kayla Harrison, congratulations on your big contract. I'm happy for you, and, uh, you know, your kids will always be taken care of. That's the benefit of all this. This is awesome. I love it. All right, next one. 
All right. We're still on uh, the discussion of contract negotiations and Nate, uh, Dana White has come out and said that he's optimistic that he's going to re-sign Nate Diaz. Um, and so from Aaron Bronster on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, White says the likelihood of Nate Diaz getting a new contract is very good. All right. Good stuff. I mean, that's... Look, I believe that he belongs there. But uh, we just talked about this with Kayla Harrison. I say, wait for your time frame. Fight your fight. Now he's got to probably wait another 90 days after he fights. It's like 90 to 120 days. I think it's 90 days for him, for them to match. So he needs to wait the 90 days before he can go get offers somewhere else and then come back and be like, hey, this is what I'm worth. This is what people are willing to pay me. And come back and say, hey, just match it. And they they have the right to match it. They have a they have exclusive rights to only talk to him for 90 days. And they have like another 60 days or whatever it is after they're presented with offers to match. Now that's up to the UFC if they want. They'd be foolish not to match whatever it is that they're offering unless it's some astronomical amount of money. Now, I've always believed that he's going to leave and he's going to potentially try to fight Jake Paul. Yeah. You know, or whoever, you know, maybe even Logan, because Logan and Jake like to fight the smaller fighters. So maybe Logan, because he's so much bigger, would want that fight. <laughs> so I th- I've i always said that I think that that fight is the one that he's searching for. And he wants to avoid the UFC being involved in any of the contract negotiations altogether. And he wants to just leave cleanly. I don't think he wants to fight, you know, in the in the in Bellator. I don't think he wants to fight in PFL or one. I think he wants to go right to making the, the money with Jake Paul. That's what I think he wants to do. And so maybe he's telling him, yeah, yeah, maybe we will resign. Maybe we will do this, whatever it is. <laughs> ah, you've but, got doubts. Look at you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. You're doubting I, I am doubt, I don't. I don't, I don't think he's going to resign. I think he's going to I think he's gonna ride off into the sunset and do his own thing. He's got kids now, man. He's trying yeah, to. he does. He's trying to do what Kayla Harrison's doing, man. Just make that money so his kids don't ever, work, don't ever have to work again. Smart well, play by Nate. I think when you take it, what I like about this is I love the fact that the UFC is having a guy who is, what, one in three in his last four fights? Mm-hmm. And they want him. They want mm-hmm. him bad because they know people want to see him. You know? mm-hmm. and, he, and he's got that. And so the fact that they're they're working to, you know, sign him, I think is great. And if, if Nate, if they pay you what you want, man, congratulations, whatever it is, you deserve it. But it's really good. It's it's so funny to see them have this. Because he keeps on saying, look, give me the Poirier fight. So it's not like he's not asking for a good fight. Mm. He's asking for a top-level fight. Saying, That's hey, great fight. let's get this done. Come on, I'm waiting. Let's roll. I want you know all this stuff. And they don't want to give it to him. Because the, if they do, now he's got the ability to, to, to make a decision to go out possibly look at other places if that's what he wants to do or just straight go into boxing and start having a a bargaining agreement with you know jake paul and what they're going to do with that but whatever it is i love the fact that you know this is a guy that people can say whatever they want about him oh he's not that good look at his record no he's a fighter and the ufc knows he's a fighter he comes to fight he comes and he puts on a show he gives it everything he has and they want to keep someone like that, and God bless them for wanting to keep them. I don't blame them. Yeah. No, I agree. Next. All right. We are going to wrap up on this one um, for the sake of time, and I know Josh is going to go long-winded here. Um, And it was Stephen A's comments on George Masvidal. So let me just read it off to you because it's... uh, Yeah, that'll really piss you off. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, it's pretty interesting. So here's what he had to say about Masvidal's performance uh, from the past weekend against Kobe Covington. He says, I saw Masvidal be gutsy and survive the five rounds, but while he was waving Covington on to come on, let's get some more. He was literally using two security personnel to lean on because that's how exhausted he was. Covington looked like he was just starting. He was that energized. The guy is... The guy talking about Covington, is in phenomenal shape. He's an outstanding wrestler, and Masvidal admitted <clears throat> that his wrestling was flat. How is it flat coming into this fight, knowing this guy as well as you know him, and knowing he was going to try and do to you what he, uh, and how much you supposedly hate him? How were you not ready for a wrestling match? I don't understand. It's inexplicable. Uh, hey, you, uh, you, here, hey, the you. reason you don't understand is you never wrestled a fucking day in your life. Jeez. And so to not understand... George was ready for the wrestling. It's just that, hey, Colby brings a pressure that w wore him down. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, go back to basketball. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Go back to covering the other sports that you think you know so much about, where countless, countless other athletes have just talked shit about you, and this is why: is that you're clickbait. You're you are the epitome of what is wrong with social media right now and the news and sports talk and all this other crap. This your your show first take and all the other shit that you guys do is fucking trash. It's always been trash. And the ESPN continues to tell you guys are doing a good job. It's garbage. You guys are a bunch of clear clickbait. You and all the other guys that you guys work with, they're all it's all trash. You guys you specifically Stephen A, you suck. Like, all you do is downplay on these fighters. All you do is talk shit about them. You don't know the sport. We've seen you do your dick punch, baby punch. Okay, we already <laughs> know that position. You have, you suck. Don't, don't, I feel like you have really kind of ruined what a lot of these fighters are, are doing. And a lot of these fans have learned to respect. You're downplaying. He was flat. You want to know why? There was a couple reasons, okay, which you would never understand because you've never trained that hard to understand. There's times where you show up and it's just not your night. You can just be flat because maybe he did overtrain. You wouldn't know about that because we've seen your mitt holding. We've seen your mitt punching. That's, you're not overtraining doing that. Okay. We, I don't know if you can shoot a basketball because I know you cover basketball. I know you cover a bunch of sports. I don't know if you've ever played basketball. I don't care. Okay. But I'm, not, I, I, I'm only talking shit to you in terms of what you're doing right now. This is garbage. The, what, the things that you say is garbage because you don't understand the sport. You don't understand that he's probably tired because he's had a long week of press and media and all the other things. He's also trained a lot harder than the majority of the athletes you ever talked about. Okay. F two days, three days, running miles, doing those things. Football players, basketball players, they do it, but they go hard for four seconds. Okay, they jog up and down the up and down the court. Okay, those type of things are not the same as fighting in there. Someone pressuring you, someone breaking you, someone putting their weight on you. Those type of things you will never understand. And it's it's really sad that the UFC has to use you because you work for ESPN. It's 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 a slap in the face to our athletes and our fighters. It's embarrassing. And I think I honestly believe they need to get rid of your ass and, and working with the with with the UFC at all. Because every time you put your foot in the mouth and you say shit like this, but it just adds to the clickbait material that you are used to doing from your other shows, and it's trash. And now you're bringing your trash to one of the to the biggest organization in the world, and now it's leaking down to the fighters, and you're talking shit. One day, one day, you're gonna say something, 
and they're going to see you in an elevator. Don't be surprised if they say shit to you back or they slap the taste right out of your mouth. That's the problem. And see, that you're putting disrespect on fighters like that. It's annoying to me. It really is. Because I know that George is a tough fighter. He's been around forever. Colby Covington is a fucking stud. He is a stud. I got a lot of flack because people thought I was being biased towards George. It's not that I'm not giving Colby a, a credit. But styles make matchups. And in this fight, that style did not make a matchup. George couldn't stop the takedown. Colby was dominant in every position when it came to the wrestling and the top position, all of those things. It was a one-sided fight, and I'm a big George fan. It was a one-sided fight. But to say the things that Stephen A. said was garbage. It's trash. It's embarrassing that the UFC has to use you. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to say one word. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, All right. Well, hey, I got nothing. To sorry, say guys. We it. had to end. We had to end on a negative note, and uh, in that situation, is there not? Come on, let's t- Dave. One more thing. I can't. <laughs> I can't end our show like that. Uh, okay, uh, I'm too positive. Give me something positive here, buddy. All right. On a positive note, um, hopefully positive note. There are reports right now. Nothing. Nothing on like a from a major outlet, but I am mm-hmm. seeing. You know, a lot uh, when I when I Google search a lot of reports on. Uh, Stipe versus Tai Chiavasa as a potential Ooh. fight in the works for for um, July second. I mean, we talk about the confidence. Tai Chiavasa right now is on the confidence. His confidence is on high. Also, too, when you look at who is marketable, who's marketable in that division? The guy who drinks Ty, out of a shoe. Tai Chiavasa. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who drinks beer out of a shoe. How do you not market that guy? I think this is a great fight. Honestly, John, Stipe not being what he was. Also, too, I think he signed on to be a full-time firefighter. Yep. I, I was hoping for the John Jones fight. But, I'm, I mean, to me, this is a fun fight. I like it. This is a good fight. It's a fight, you know, look, let's be honest. You know, Stipe is getting a little bit older, but skill-wise, he matches up very well with Ty. Uh, his wrestling is good. He can take Ty down. His stand-up, he can stand with Ty. Ty's got the... The power he's definitely got, you know, the the size advantage. He's he's a bigger guy than Stipe as far as just weight. Stipe's got the length. It's a good fight. It's it's one I look. I I would like to see Stipe continue to fight, and I would like to see him, you know, fighting more than once a year because that's all it seems to be. So yeah. get him in there. Yeah, I want to see him fight as well. I want to see Stipe fight, and this is a great fight stylistically. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, that's how we're going to end the show. Hopefully, that was a more positive note to end it on. But WayneInPodcast.com. We've got some merch up there for you guys. We've got hoodies. We've got crew neck sweaters, long sleeve shirts in all different colors. We've got short sleeve shirts. We've got coffee mugs. Go ahead. Check it out. See what you guys think. It's WayneInPodcast.com. Check it out. Take a picture of us, of you guys wearing our uh, merch. We'd love to repost it, retweet it, all of those things. And also the coffee mug, man. I got to get me one of those. I got to have one on here every single time so I can, you know, have my drinks up here. All right? Need, All right, guys. Well, hey, that's what we keeps do. We got to work on the keeps Yeti it warm. One. Yeah, there you go. What if I want it cold, though, John? It keeps it cold, though, too, right? Keeps it cold. Yeti stuff. <laughs> there you go. It's a All miracle. Right. All right. All right, John, take us away. All right, everyone out there, man, we hope uh, you enjoy this week of fights. There's a bunch of good ones. Hopefully, we covered the ones that you want to see. Uh, have fun this weekend. Be good to someone. Make their their weekend special. And we at the Wing and Podcast. We'll see you.